KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you for the next couple of hours and talking sports with you. A lot of ground to cover today. Baseball making its way back into the conversation. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today on our program. We're going to talk to Brian Walton. He's our Cardinal guy, thecardinalnation.com, as we can read Brian's work. It is the Cardinals and the Bravos. They will begin on Thursday. We know that for a fact. Uh, Brian Walton will slide on in here and uh, talk about this Cardinals team who... Uh, not a lot of people giving a lot of hope for. I don't get it. I mean, all they do is just keep uh, keep defying the odds, if you will. Cards Braves in the first round of the playoffs, and uh, we will talk about that very series with Brian Walton at ten twenty-five. John Walters, the voice of Iowa State, is going to join us at ten forty-five. Going to do some basketball with John. Also, obviously, a lot of football with football in the air, but so is basketball. Trent, help me out with this. Was <laughs> Was it media day yesterday for men's basketball? I know there was a ton of media up there. There was. I don't know if it was just an availability. If it was media day, it it's certainly snuck up on us. Doesn't seem like that's a little bit closer to the season, though. It does. Late October, normally we get that, something like that. Could have been, but... I know everybody was up there and plenty of good quotes and information yeah, about really this year's good squad. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, really good stuff. Uh, whether it be Alex Halstead or Travis Hines or uh, the, uh, Cyclone Fanac, they uh, they had everybody covered. Uh, if you're a Cyclone fan, you know where to go to uh, read all the uh, news that was made yesterday. So we'll get into that a little bit with John at 1045. Coming up uh, in the 11 o'clock hour, Zubin Mahente will be here. We'll go around the world of sports with Zubin. And then John Bowenkamp. John has a new... Home and he good does. for him. Yes. Uh, after uh, getting, um, you know, so many do, um, mm-hmm. laid off uh, at the uh, Burlington, the Hawkeye, uh, he's found his way to a Sports Illustrated backed endeavor. Yes. I mean, he's got a powerful name behind them, not what they once were, um, but still pretty powerful name behind him. What is it? The Hawkeye Maven? Hawkeye Maven, yeah. That, that's the name of the. Standalone site, and it's a big conglomeration of a bunch of different. So that's like a rivals, or they're trying to uh, come maybe up something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is a different kind of way of doing things. But mm-hmm. good to see him land on his oh, feet. Absolutely, he's a good guy, and uh, able to do something that he certainly wants to do. Writing about the Hawkeyes does yeah. a great job. The wise owl, uh, the self-proclaimed <laughs> wise owl, as he is, AP voter for a number of years. Really, a real fun guy. One of my favorite stories he did is when he went over to Western Illinois, which is right by Burlington, <laughs> he up. and went through football practice yes. with the Leathernecks. And the well, pictures if- of him, because <laughs> this guy's built. And I'm not. I don't. Want, I don't want to sound like I'm being mean to him. He's kind of built like a base. Yeah, he's he's pear shaped, square. Yeah, or pear. Yeah, but better yet. Uh, and just seeing him in the pads and the helmet and stuff. And <laughs> I don't know how old John would be. He's got to be in his fifties. Yeah. You know, but that that was a fun story. The pictures, uh, the pictures made it no doubt. But John will be here, and the good news, timing wise, for him is he will have just left uh, player availabilities mm-hmm. because the way Iowa does it, they make the players available uh, before Coach Ferentz or whatever coaches are going to speak on Tuesdays. It's Ferentz, um, but sometimes it's you know somebody else. But most of the time, it's just the head coach. So uh, he will have left the player availability. So who knows what nuggets he'll be able to share with us when John Bowenkamp of the Hawkeye Maven joins us uh, at. 
11.40. We've got baseball in the air. I couldn't be any more excited about that. Uh, Maradona is on tonight on HBO. I don't know if that moves your needle at all. I'm going to certainly record it, if nothing else. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if I'll watch it live. I guess it depends how good the National League Wild Card game is, and I'm hoping that prevents me from watching Maradona tonight because then I'll be thoroughly entertained because it is the hunt for October. begins on October 1, and the latest it could possibly go in 2019 is the 30th of October. That would be Game 7 of the World Series. Here's a little side angle to that, Trent, uh, that baseball fans that have Dish Network, maybe it hasn't sunk in yet. You're not going to see the World Series. Ooh. And that's a blow. Yes. And I don't think that they get FS1 either. Now, who knows with this ever-changing uh, television landscape that we live in, and, and look, I get a lot of you have switched to YouTube TV mm-hmm. or switched to whatever the case may be. It's not for everybody. It's for you. I'm very happy for you. I know that you're saving a lot of money. I talked to a couple of guys uh, off air, called during the breaks, and we answer the phone. And um, you know, the one guy, his bill was what did I tell you it was? It was 160, and they cut it down to 50 bucks. I yes. think he said. Yeah. I mean, that's a significant chunk of money. That's mm-hmm. you know, that's 100 bucks a month he's saving. I get it. But you can't get the NFL Sunday ticket. And for more, as importantly for me, I can't get the NHL center ice package. So everybody's different. Uh, it would be easy if we could all switch over and save all that cash, but it's not as simple as just doing that. The schedule is out for the MLB playoffs for the first couple of days at the very least, as we were waiting yesterday and waiting and waiting. Mm-hmm. What, what were they waiting for? I have no idea. I don't get it either, Trent. The matchups, for the most part, well, we know there's going to be two teams that are going to advance after yeah. one tonight and one tomorrow, and they're going to be on the road. It's not like they have home dates. Yeah, it's not like you're dealing with, if Oakland wins, they'll be at home, and they will be on the West Coast. And if Tampa wins, no, they're no, going on the road. They're going on the road. So this is the schedule. Now, it does make, I guess, a little bit of sense here as it pertains to the opening game. But it's still, regardless of who wins, they put the schedule out. So this is what's going to happen Thursday. If the Brewers win tonight, tonight, then the matchup there will be pushed to six, 5 o'clock, excuse me, our time. 5 o'clock would be Cardinals-Braves. Brewers-Dodgers would then start at 8.30 Central. And that's night number one but of the divisional. If the Nationals win, bump yep. it up an hour. Cardinals start at 4 o'clock against the Braves, and the Nats-Dodgers would start at 7.30. I feel bad for Andrew Downs. Yes. Yeah, you're not, we're not, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I doubt if they're going to move local programming. I wouldn't think so. I, I can't come out definitively say they won't, or I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I, don't, I just can't see that happening. Um, it's a nightmare. It, yeah, it, it is. I can remember sitting in that, on that desk and in his shoes trying to juggle all these things because soon enough, Friday night will roll around. You got high school football mm-hmm. and you've sold high school football those nine, uh, nine weeks, um, and downstairs. And if you take that off the air, you're going to, Piss somebody off. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a pain in the you-know-what. And Thursday night is going to be Cyclone Fanatic Radio and Hawkeye Nation Radio. And those things, they're going to air. So it's, it's a tough time of year. Program director. Friday, we get one of the quadruple headers. And these things... They are really good. And that's awesome. why I think Friday in college football, last Friday was so good. Mm-hmm. This Friday is so bad. And we got baseball to cover We do. Here's the Friday night game. Uh, ESPNU's got Dartmouth at Penn. Uh. Central Florida, Cincinnati. Now, that's not bad, actually. You know what? The more 
think that's about decent, that. That yeah. is decent. Central Florida, Cincinnati, seven o'clock. So that's uh, and then New Mexico, San Jose State, but no P five teams. But you mm-hmm. UCF, Cincinnati's pretty good. Um, but you're right. We got we've got the quad uh, on Friday, and if you're a sports fan, a baseball fan, that's where you, I would imagine your eyeballs will be in front of your TV. Well, I can already fast forward and imagine what Friday is going to look like, as it'll begin with Astros against the winner of the Yale Wild Card game, Tampa. Or Oakland. So that's 12.07? 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock. But you'll be jetting out of here. I, I don't even know if we'll be saying our goodbyes and you'll be out of your seat so you can get home and, and get set up and get ready to go. 3.30 for Cardinals-Braves Game 2. And that's TBS? That is TBS. So that's Correct. good news because I don't think that is involved, at least today, uh, <laughs> in any of the disputes with DirecTV. By the way, I looked at DirecTV. Cappy told us last week that he believes that he was told that the... DirecTV 665, the mm-hmm. NBC Sports Chicago, because they were supposed to be up against it too. Uh, it was on DirecTV this morning. Um, oh, okay. I, I just turned it on not to watch it. I just wanted to see if it was removed uh, from the uh, DirecTV channels, but at this point it was. But who knows what's going on, Dish? You don't get Fox Sports 1, mm-hmm. and they carry a ton of Major League Baseball yes, players. Yes, they do. Uh, like, likewise with Fox. So. I'm not telling you what to do. Everybody teach their own, but uh, just be prepared, especially if you're an MLB fan. Uh, when the Twins shock the world, game one of that will start at 6.07. First pitch in Yankee Stadium. MLB Network for that one. They've got that, okay. I'm going to guess there's going to be plenty of people that don't have MLB Network that'll be out and about at the bars across Central Iowa. Well, you know Iowa. what? I do, and I don't know the answer to this, but to those folks who you know, made the move to YouTube mm-hmm. or to... What are the other ones? Hulu. Hulu. I'm, do they get the? I don't even yes. know. Do yeah, they they yeah. do get those. Yeah, yeah. You get the NFL Network too. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Oh, that's not awful then. Yeah. Um, it's coming, Ken. You're it, you're going to be able to get Center Ice after this year. The exclusive deal with Directv and Sunday yeah. Ticket is going away. But Trent, you're so far behind. And not as far as it once was. Really? I mean, I I, I I'm in a predicament now that I cannot stand. Not having the newspaper at my, I can't. I don't go on my iPad to read the paper. I just don't. And you love, I you love, love reading the, 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 yes. the first section in the sports and on whatever the last one is. Iowa Life, uh, you know, couldn't care less. Yeah. Uh, that one is the recycle bin instantly. The other two, cover to cover, and I just can't get into it. It's going to be difficult for my generation. I think not all of us. I'm not certainly speaking for you know all us 50, 60, 70 somethings. But man, old habits die hard. See, and I hooked my parents up, and I taught them how to use Netflix. Yeah. And now they love it. Yeah, my stepdad went through a series in like two days. Just Did he really? Wow! Binge watch. That that's what happens. I'm going to get out to Ankeny. I'm going to mm-hmm. get you set up. We're going to mm-hmm. figure out ESPN Plus for well, you. As soon as they park an Iowa State football game on there, and I know they will. Yes, because they're going to try. I would I would assume, and they, if they are, if they're if not they this don't, year, but well, I don't forward. know. I mean, the K State's on there. Oh, K State Oklahoma State showed up last week. That's true. And you not know, everything's say, been announced. Yeah. Right? Who's to say the Cyclones it won't? Uh, and if that's the case, boom, you got to pull the trigger. Yes, got to watch it because we talk about it for a week. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, we got this job that we can do. So, all right, let's do this because the Monday Nighter stunk. Oh boy, I, I don't want to spend a minute on that one. Mr. Monday Night heated up. Oh well, though. you know what? Let's. Uh, you did hit it right. So <laughs> two and three on the year. Well, better, I've been better on Thursdays. Better than one and four. Fifteen and ten on our Friday picks, though. Mm-hmm. It's pretty dang good. You're you're uh, doing very well in that. Another Friday still to come. So help me out with this because I must be missing something in the name, image, likeness, fair play bill that was passed in California. In California, Florida's now got one. New York is coming. There's one other state. Colorado is coming. 
So I would think it's kind of going to kind of be like sports wagering that boom, 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 boom. You mm-hmm. know, once the first domino falls, we're yep. going to see a whole bunch of this. What am I missing? Why is this bad for sports? Why is this bad for college athletes? It does nothing to do with the the last uh, the last tax filing, I believe, for the NCAA was seventeen eighteen. Their revenues were in excess of a billion with a B dollars. The schools don't pay this. No, nope. this is these are athletes. And not all athletes, and Title IX does not come into play here. Nope. It is a car dealership mm-hmm. uh, in Ames that wants George Niang. What's what's our car dealerships in Ames? Uh, what's the Toyota? Wilson, Wilson Toyota. Wilson Toyota. Thank you. I should remember. They put up the, the, the Wilson Toyota behind the backboard when the free throws. We got throws. the big truck downstairs from them. We do. And the tarp behind the, or in front of the uh, Cyclones bench to, to hide. I don't know what they're hiding, but it's, uh, it's Wilson uh, Toyota, Wilson, Wilson and Toyota Ames. Anyways, so... Wilson would pay, and I'm just using them, they would pay George Niang, mm-hmm. not Iowa State. Yep. If Megan Gustafson in Iowa City can find a car dealership, I mean, she, as popular as she was, yes. this, is, this was going to be an opportunity for, he, for her to cash in. Uh, the uh, left guard, probably not going to make a dime, mm-hmm. right? Nope. But if you're a skilled player and there's a market for your image, your name, your likeness, why should you not be able to? What is the downside? What am I missing? We heard the same things when this started to happen to Olympic athletes. They're no longer amateurs. Right. And these people... Look at Lolo Jones. How much money she made. On top of Mount Pius. And good for her, by the way. Looking down with their piles of money in mm-hmm. front of them. Some of these piles... This pile's not going to be quite and as those, big now. Uh, and those envelopes stuffed with cash still inside their suit coats because they don't need that cash. We'll save that for a rainy day that they picked up at the last meeting before the Olympic venue uh, was announced. Oh, here, here's another thing. Well, you know, it's just going to be the same programs that are going to get all the great players. No, that's not true. That's not true. Well, it happens anyway. Probably <laughs> does, yeah, to be honest with you. I mean, let's not be naive, right? Well, look at the recruiting rankings Yeah. for 2019. Right. Look at the right. recruiting rankings in 1989. Mm-hmm. You're going to see very similar mm-hmm. that top twenty-five of rankings, and you can. There's going to be a war in Baton Rouge for the five-star running back, just like there is already, right? And and this is the other thing. Well, you know, the, these businesses—they're just going to be paying. They're businesses. Right. They're not just going to give five hundred grand to somebody to get them to the school, no, they're going and then to make lose money. money. Right? They're, they're going to make money to make money yes. themselves. And for an athlete, names or Iowa City, it might be ten grand. Mm-hmm. And for somebody in Tuscaloosa. Maybe it is fifty grand. Adam Emmenecker's sandwich could have been at Jethro's in his senior year, not till after he graduated. Yes. And I'm sure Jethro's would have gladly written the check. So this will trickle down to all levels of college sports. Maybe not at the level, you know, that the five star Trevor Lawrence. You know, Trevor Lawrence is going to make more money than the shooter. <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, but that's but you, just going to happen. He probably made more money when he signed at Clemson under the table than the shooter did in up in Iowa City. But he's going to get something. Somebody says, you know what? I like this guy's story. Absolutely. I want him on my commercial. At least he's got that opportunity. I don't. What are we missing? How is this bad? How is it bad? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I don't know I, what the argument can be. There are no have or have nots in, in our examples here. Mm. There are already have and have nots. <laughs> yes. Right? One's called oh, the G5, one's Kentucky, called the P5. Duke and Kentucky is going to get all the great players. They already do. Exactly. There's, they already do. Maybe What's we'll be the downside? above the board now. Is that a bad thing? Knowing where this money's coming from? Seeing these people on a commercial? 
I'm with no, you. to your point on the on the Olympics, I remember that trend. It mm-hmm. was going to ruin amateur athleticism when it comes to the Olympics. Now these now these Olympians, you know, Lolo Jones can make a living for her. Yes, she had Oakley sunglasses. I mean, that was a big sponsor mm-hmm. of hers. Um, high V here locally. High V here locally. Right, another one. You know, Monte Morris could have cashed in with the uh, the water company Dasani with High V, yeah, and yeah, for sending all the yes. the, the uh, bottles that are the um, semi full of water to his hometown. What's the downside of these guys who get nothing other than a desk in a classroom? That's what they get. Now, if they take advantage of it, mm-hmm. they get a degree. But at the bare minimum, they get a desk, period, so they can capitalize on their name, likeness, or image. How's this going to ruin college sports as we know it? And now we can get NCAA football back for PlayStation, and people can be excited about that. It can have that. And because can go, they, can pay the, they can pay the players they for would being be part to, of it? Well, great. Their likeness would be there. Their names would be on the mm-hmm. back of the jersey. It would actually be them. And we can, but, ha- it, but Trent, it wasn't before because it just was a complete coincidence that the quarterback <laughs> at Boise State was a left-hander, number nineteen. It had nothing to do no, with Kellen no, Moore. No, 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 not a damn thing. Nope. It was you know happenstance that it happened that. Every way. one of the starters had the exact same number and the exact same <laughs> skin tone and height and weight and everything else. There's another point, skin tone. Yes, it was just a coincidence Absolutely. the way that worked out. Here's another thing, you know, you can go get. A jersey at Shields. Mm-hmm. And you can get a number 16 jersey. Okay. You can get whatever, but it doesn't have their name on the back. Now, you can get it on the back, right? You can get their name on the back. Uh-huh. So what about the agent angle to this? Is this the boogeyman? I mean, there has to be a boogeyman, right? Because yeah. there's a big percentage of people out there that think this is the beginning of the end for college. And God knows, we don't want that to happen. No. Because college sports, let's be honest. Um, puts a roof over our heads mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So agents being part of this, if you're coming out of high school and you're a five-star recruit, do you seek an agent? I would think that you probably should, right? Right. Because they would have the ties and be able to open more doors and negotiate your fair market value for your name, your image, your likeness. What's the downside? Is it is 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 it because of the word agent? If we called them, if we came up with another norm, another name rather that doesn't sound as ominous as agents in amateur athletics, would that make it easier to swallow for the people out there that think this is truly the beginning of the end? Maybe it's just a term. It's people that are going to help people out make money. Right, they're going to get a little piece of it. Yes. The agent, if you're going to negotiate it, and and, and rightfully so, five, ten percent, whatever it is, they're mm-hmm. going to get their cut. And they'll move on. And I'm with you. I, I don't understand why people continue to go out and say that this is such a negative for college athletics and it's going to create this great divide. There's already a great divide. Mm-hmm. There's a great divide in every conference. Yep. There's a divide. Clemson yep. and everybody else in football. Right. Texas and Oklahoma, they are on their own level in the Big 12. Uh-huh. You can go out and beat them. Uh-huh. But they play by a different set of rules. Ohio State, they are completely different than everybody. Michigan included in the Big 10. The way that they recruit, the backyard that they have recruiting-wise, what they have done on a national scope, they are different. All these schools are different. And there's a divide in-state between Iowa, Iowa State, you and I, Drake, and on down from there. But there's always going to be that opportunity. I mean, even think of it this way. You go at, at the junior college level. You got some kid over at Iowa Western, really big prospect over there. You're a Council Bluffs car dealership. You're selling TVs. You've you got electrical, whatever it is. 
you can do it there too. What, why is this a bad thing? They're making money on them, on their selves. And it's not all going back to the NCAA. It's not all going right. to the school. It's going to the people that are actually doing what we're all... Uh-huh. I've never paid to go to an Iowa sporting event to watch Gary Barta. Never. <laughs> never before is that the reason that I shelled out money for tickets. Yeah, despite him being there, you shelled out money for tickets. <laughs> That's uh, a different Joel Lanning, Alan Lazard. Do you remember at the, at the end, uh, there was a... Was it whiskey? What's the bar in Ankeny? Is it whiskey something? I don't know. Whatever it was. These guys could have capitalized on being Joe Lanning, on being Alan Lazard, because they are, after all. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, anyways, uh, if you um, if we're missing something, let us know. Yes. I, I do not know what it could possibly be. It's not the end of college sports as we know it. That TV money is still going to be there. The disparity, if you will, is there today. It'll be there tomorrow, whether they can get paid or not. Gino checking in on Twitter at Miller and Condon. Downside, not everyone is going to get paid, which can lend itself to corruption and scandal. How how much will the game-winning or losing place kicker get, and from who? How about the no-name frontline uh, protector for the rich star? Nothing. That's what it is. Look right. at the NFL. The quarterback gets paid more. Right. Exactly. You're the face of the program. You're going to get paid mm-hmm. more. Is it fair? No, it's not fair. But it's reality. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, you get paid more for that. Who gets all the endorsements? As you flip on your TV and you're watching commercials, the quarterback, watching, the quarterback is there. Peyton Manning is at the front. Peyton Manning's still making money. Michael mm-hmm. Jordan is still mm-hmm. making money. Yeah, Quentin Nelson's not selling a lot of uh, <laughs> right. cars or whatever. It's about marketability. Yeah, that's it, it's, all it it's is. not fair, but it is the true market value of a player. Uh, Brian Walton joins the program next. John Walter still to come this hour. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. St. Louis Cardinals, Atlanta Braves. Uh, they will begin on Thursday. Not sure who's going to start. Maybe Brian Walton, the Cardinal Nation, can uh, provide some color on that. The team that was 44-44 and 44 going into the All-Star break, coming out of the All-Star break, the red-hot St. Louis Cardinals division winners uh, finished 47-27. and 27. What a turnaround, Brian Walton. Uh, they go on the road to test a Braves team that won a whole lot of baseball games in their own right. This should be a hell of a series. How are you? I'm doing great, and uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, as you said, are getting ready for their first playoff action since 2015. So there's some pent-up demand there, no doubt about it. I think the Cardinals got a, a good draw with the Braves, though, since the Dodgers have been so strong this yep. year. So uh, the wild-card winner, of course, will, will uh, play the Dodgers in the other National League Division Series matchup. Who starts on Thursday, do you think? Has it got to be Flaherty? I believe it does. Will it, will it be him? No. You don't? I don't think it will be Flaherty right. on short rest. See, the Cardinals had to burn Flaherty. On oh, the, that's uh, right, because the they were in. Game. Yep, yep, yep. So, you know, had 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 Wainwright pitched a good game on Saturday, then yeah, they could have kept Flaherty for game one. Mm-hmm. As, and there have been no announcements yet, but it looks to me like Miles Michaelis is going to be the game uh, one starter. He got skipped over the weekend, so he's had an extended rest. And the Braves uh, left-hander Dallas Keuchel looks like the guy that would start. So that's that's my guess. And Flaherty would go in game two, mm-hmm. probably against Fultonevich. Uh, who's really come on strong late in the season? Not as strong as Flaherty, who's who won the National League Most Valuable Player Award, uh, Most Valuable Pitcher of the Month, the last two months in a row. Mm. It's been an incredible run out of this Cardinals team. The final weekend, Friday and Saturday night, the Cubs get it, and the Brewers, after they came in winners of 15 of their last 17, lose to Colorado. 
and lose to Colorado again and lose a third time to Colorado and take the division there. How tense was it for you as you were watching those games throughout the weekend? Well, it was disappointing to see that the Cardinals didn't step up when they were playing a Chicago team that had mostly reserves in the lineup and they didn't have most of their frontline pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only one they did was Cole Hamels, and he only went four innings. So stinks, you know, it was disappointing yeah. to see the Cardinals not come in through the front door on Friday and Saturday, but they got the job done on Sunday. I will say that you know it kind of felt like the Cardinals had this letdown after that huge sweep in Chicago, that big series, and you know the Brewers had that tremendous, it was like 19 to 21, something like that. But now they, you know, had that terrible series in Colorado that knocked them out of a chance to win the division. And they've got to be going into Washington with their heads down. And by the way, all they have to do is figure out a way to beat Max Scherzer with Steven Strasburg waiting in the bullpen if things go really bad. I think the Brewers are going to be one and done. We shall see. Going to be great. I can't wait for it tonight. So other than Flaherty and other than the um, the starting pitching, because the bullpen kind of struggled in September, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I thought I thought they were better at the beginning of the year than and maybe it was fatigue, but whatever. Who of the everyday players is, is as responsible as anyone for getting this team to the finish? That I mean, Edmund was great since he came up. Colton Wong's been good. Is it is it unfair maybe to point to one? I think I think it is. I don't think there is one. Mm-hmm. Certainly Tommy Edmond, because he came out of nowhere to become a regular starter and, you know, one of the most productive hitters on the team. But if you look, you know, Goldschmidt had, you know, he was the player of the month in July. Then he got quiet in August. Uh, Ozuna's had some good and some bad. You know, Molina stepped up sometimes. There really hasn't been one guy. I mean, the Cardinals aren't going to have any player that's going to get any votes for the Most Valuable Player Award in the, in the National League this year. But yet, you know, they, they won their division, and, you know, here they are in the thick of the playoffs. Brian, what can you tell us about Colton Wong dealing with the hamstring injury limited over the last week and a half? And, and at least from the sounds of things uh, going back to the weekend, didn't sound overly promising that even if he makes the playoff roster, that he'd be able to go each and every game. Yeah, it'll be an interesting question, Trent, to see whether after not playing for a week, even if Long is active, whether they would start him, you know, risk starting him in game one. They don't want to see him get injured and, you know, miss the rest of the postseason. But on the other hand, the, the dominoes that fall when Colton Wong doesn't play is that Harrison Bader plays in center field. And while Harrison Bader is a gold glove caliber right. defender, That's you know, me. he's really back to struggling again offensively. So if Wong could play second, that would allow Tommy Edmond to go to right and Dexter Fowler to go to center, and the Cardinals have a much better offensive lineup. A lot of things went right clearly down the stretch. The bullpen, not one of them per se. Brian, how big of a concern? Well, you know, they've thrown a lot of innings this year, and I think Mm -hmm. really, you know, if you look at the success the team had, it was really because of the success of the rotation. Not only Flaherty, but Wainwright stepped up prior to that last game. Michael, yeah, Michaelis has been okay. Hudson has been solid, although, you know, it looks like he might be running a little bit out of gas. But, you know, you got Carlos Martinez at the back of the pen, and sometimes it's been shaky, but his record has been very successful. Uh, Gallegos has been, you know, extremely good. Andrew Miller, though, is a concern. So, you know, the Cardinals aren't where they'd like to be, but if those starters can take them deep into the games, they won't need it. I really see this game one as being, you know, so pivotal in this series. And, and granted, it is in every series. But you like Flaherty in game two, so if they could somehow go into Atlanta and steal game one as well, you know, they could knock off the series without ever having to go back to Atlanta. So, I, you know, this first game is going to be extremely, extremely important for the Cardinals. And if they can steal it, 
uh, you know, I like their chances. Mm, wouldn't that be great if they did? Uh, Brian Walton, the Cardinal Nation, is uh, is is our guest. Brian, what was Saturday? The uh, the kind of dust up. Uh, Cole Hamels, I think, barely grazed Molina. Was there something there? Was Molina trying to you know light a spark under his team? It, it's his cl- team clearly, and what he does is certainly going to get his teammates' attention. What was Molina doing there? I thought it kind of uh, I don't know an overreacted. Uh, but I'm, what, is there something there that I'm not aware of between him and Hamels? No, there's not really much of a history. I think it's exactly what you said, Ken, and that is the Cardinals were floundering. They'd already lost the first game. The second game wasn't, you know, going the way they wanted, and Molina decided to get things fired up a little bit. And, you know, I mean, everybody ran in, and they, you know, they walked around and kind of shoved one another, but really nothing became of it, and there won't be anything over the long haul either. Of course, you know, we don't know where Cole Hamels is going to be pitching next year. Uh, Molina will be back with the Cardinals for sure. So this organization as a whole, 12 of the previous 16 years, uh, going into 2015, they were a playoff team, runs, World Series championships, everything. And this last three years, missing the playoffs, each of them, the way that it looked like it was trending for a long time this season, what does it mean for the organization as a whole, even if it ends here, even if the Braves get them in the five-gamer, what does it mean for this organization to be back division champions and in the playoffs? Well, I think they'll look at it as a validation that they really were on the right track. The Cardinals took a lot of heat for not going out and making a huge impact trade midseason, but that's just not their way. Their way is to develop talent internally, you know, make a few changes as they need to, but they stuck stuck the course behind manager Mike Schilt, and it's working. And I think if, you know, the Cardinals improving this year, certainly the players play the games, but if you look at the leadership that Mike Schilt's provided, you know, it's been a real difference maker, and he hasn't you know, he hasn't been flighty. He hasn't changed his lineups or pulled guys from the lineup. He really is stuck with his guys, and so far it's paid off. Do you know the longest? I saw this little nugget last night. It's certainly not mine. Uh, do you know who the longest tenured manager is in the National League? No. Take no, a guess. I mean, with Boshi retiring, I yeah. don't know who it is. Of all the- Craig Council, you got to go all the way back to 2015. I mean, think about that. Not here for a long time, right, Brian? Yeah, isn't that something? I mean, you know, crazy. the Tony Larusas and the Bobby Coxes yeah. and the Boshies are all, you know, they're all gone now, and now it's it's young guys. I mean, you see Brad Osmus in, in uh, Got a year. Los Angeles gets one year with yep. the Angels, and, you know, you see Joe Madden's available, so they throw him over the side. You know, it's, a, it's a tough job for these guys, and we're seeing a lot of guys become managers for the first time without necessarily having paid their dues, learning how to manage, learning how to, you know, really run a team, and uh, sometimes it's working and sometimes it doesn't. You like the Braves? Are you like rather the Cardinals in this round? Can they? I mean, I think they can win, Brian. Every time you count this team out, they find a way to you know to to make you look bad. And and I'm I'm at that point now where I'm just I'm done picking against them. I really am. You know, I, the the Braves just don't have the same kind of playoff history that the Cardinals have, mm-hmm. and the Braves have some very good players, but a lot of the guys are young and they haven't experienced the playoffs. And you know, you look at the the war horses that the Cardinals have. You know, they've been through it, and I. You know, I, I give a slight edge to the Cardinals. Granted, I'm biased. I cover them. But I think, like I said, if they can, if they can sneak out of Atlanta, you know, with a, with a, even one and one, I think they've got a good shot at taking care of business at home. What? And by the way, the pitchers, the pitchers at home would likely be Wainwright and Hudson, both of whom are much better, better at home than on the road. Yeah, no doubt about it. Who's the, who's the one brave that, uh, in the, uh, everyday lineup that worries you? Acuna? Well, Freddie, Freddie Freeman, Freeman has yeah. been, 
Freddie Freeman has been very, very good against the Cardinals over time. And, and, you know, he's a guy that they, just like Yelich, has dominated them. And I think if they're not careful pitching to him, he could kill him. Josh Donaldson, nobody talks about Donaldson, it's but you know, he had a healthy year, mm-hmm. a tremendous year at third base. And, of course, Acuna drives all the press. But, you know, after those guys, there's kind of a drop-off between, you know, they got platoon guys in both corners of the outfield. And I think their lineup can be had if the Cardinals are smart about who they pitch to and who they're careful to not pitch to. I like Albies. How about the Cardinals? If the Cardinals are going to advance, not carry this team, but who's going to, uh, who's really going to have to step up against these Braves? Well, hey, the big money guys are Goldschmidt and Ozuna, mm-hmm. and neither one of them have been playing particularly well in any long stretches. But if those guys play up to their potential and drive in the runs, I think the Cardinals will be there because you know the the small ball guys have been doing their job. So. You know, I, I again, I think it's the big bats. It's now time to see it's the playoffs. It's time for the big money guys to step up and and do their thing. So, according you, this is how you think it'll be. It'll be right. Miklas game one, Flaherty two, Hudson three, Wainwright four, and then Miklas if a game five is necessary. Probably yeah. game four is that, necessary. That's my guess. Right? And again, no, you know, no formal announcement yet. Right. Uh, when will we know, Brian? Well, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Probably tomorrow. Uh, most certainly by Thursday, they'll have to announce the uh, you know announce the rosters, but. Nobody's in any hurry to show their hand, and so and the other challenge is, of course, when teams are traveling, the media doesn't have access, uh, you know, to the uh, to the manager to get those questions answered. So, you know, it wouldn't be out of the question that we didn't know at least the details of the rosters, the full details of the rosters, uh, until uh, late tomorrow or Friday or Thursday. Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com, dot com, thecardinalnation dot com. Brian, thank you, appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Yes, you will. Brian Walton, CardinalNation.com. Do you want to look at our MLB predictions no. that we had before the year? No. You didn't do that bad. Oh, really? Then, yeah. <laughs> I thought I stunk. So, each year we pick division. Yeah. Who, one team in each division over under the win total. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Blue Jays over. Yeah. Uh-huh. We both had the White Sox under, and, and we both won that one. Okay. By two and a half games. Uh, in the AL East, I had the Yankees over. That was an easy win. You had Houston over. And they went over, yeah. 96 and a half was that number. I had Oakland under. Big loss there. Okay. Good thing I don't have to pay extra for a amount of games that you miss a bye. Really? Because that was bad. You had under on the Nationals. You're looking good two months in. Yeah. But didn't get that one. I had the Mets, which came down to the final game. They had a guy that hadn't had a bat since July. Hit a walk-off in the 11th in the last game of the year. Pushed them over their win total for the season. And you had the over? I had the under. Ooh, bad beat. That is a bad beat right there. Cardinals, you had the over. That's mm-hmm. a win for you. Mm-hmm. I had the Brewers over. That's a win for me. And then I. Uh, Why do you go to the Padres I don't know, every, every year. single year? I'm divorcing the Padres. In, in I March, I'm going them. to yell because I know you're going to do it again. I'm going to try. And I'm going to yell at you. I'm Please say, do. No Padres. Knock it off. I had the Dodgers over. 93 and a half. You talk about a gift. Wow, that was. That's the easiest. So gift. what did you go? Four and two? Four and two. You went three and three. That's not awful. Yeah, scratched out in a living, right? That's not awful. Uh, Brian, uh, Brian Walton. Thank you to Brian Walton. John Walters coming up next. We'll go inside Iowa State. We'll do some basketball and some football. We're here until noon. Busy uh, 11 o'clock hour as well. Zuba Mahente, Trent and I will go around the world of sports and do so at 11.15 before John Bowenkamp will be finished with the player availabilities in Iowa City. John is writing for HawkeyeMaven.com. It is the latest Hawkeye website to join the uh, what would you call it? Website verse? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. The web world? Uh, good for them. Uh, we will come back and uh, we will talk to John Walters next. Miller and Condon till noon. By the way, yeah. If you haven't already done so, folks, you got a chance to enter a contest. If you're a Hawkeye fan or if you're a football fan, mm-hmm. you want to go to the sold out Penn State game. 
We can make that possible for you. Simply go to kxno.com, go on the pod, on the contest page link. Click the contest page. Simple. Mm-hmm. Total points this weekend. Michigan and Iowa. That's the that's the contest. Closest without going over. We don't need to know who's going to win. Nope. Just 68 or 42 or whatever you think it's going to be. And tweeting at us does not it does enter. not work. You're not in the contest. You right? have to go through kxno.com to be right. entered. And there is a tiebreaker. And the tiebreaker, of course, will only come into play if there's a tie. And the tiebreaker is total passing yards by Iowa this week against Michigan. So you're you're five hundred eighty six. There you go. You think they're going to light it up, Nate Staley? New so, record. So for you then, Trent, seventy two total points. Yeah, so you yep. put seventy two and five hundred eighty six. Seventy to two. Final score. Mm-hmm. They don't have safety? to worry about that. Yeah, yeah, well, well, Iowa's going to step out of the back of the end zone yeah, late. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, that's as, it's as simple as that. And if you are the sole winner. Um, two tickets to Iowa Penn two State. Two tickets to Iowa Penn State. We and, and courtesy of our friend Dr. Stephen Fuller, Fuller Family Dental. A couple of locations here in Eastern Polk County, East Twenty uh, Ninth Street and Eighth Street uh, in Altoona. Um, but we've got tickets to give away. We will do so for the Penn State game. We'll have another contest in a couple of weeks for the Purdue game, which is homecoming, right? I believe homecoming is Purdue. And then, likewise, Minnesota before the season comes to an end. These games are all going to sell out. The Penn State's a night game. Your chance to win tickets. KXNO.com. Click on the contest page and do your thing. Back with John Walters next. Miller and Condon, 14 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's get right to it. He's the voice of Iowa State, men's basketball and football. He's John Walters. He joins Miller and Condon. How are you, John? Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you guys. I'm doing well. Uh, John, yesterday, media availability, I'm going to start basketball-wise, because, you know, this Rasir Bolton, I hate to put, you know, too much uh, expectations on the young man, but to me, he's taken this team from, yeah, maybe, possibly, now to a legitimate, I think, conversation about the tournament. It's a piece that they were missing, John, and, you know, watching him as a play as a freshman at Penn State, and I did a couple of times, he jumped off the television screen. A lot of pressure on him maybe to get this team uh, to the tournament, but he adds something that Iowa State was lacking. I agree with you. I think he can be a difference maker because the way Steve Prome likes to play, uh, he loves to play three guards. And this allows him to play three guards. And what it really allows defensively is for Tyrese Halliburton to be kind of that free safety, um, going and intercepting passes and starting fast breaks because he doesn't have to worry about being as dynamic of an on-ball defender as he would be if he was one of only two guards out there. Because Bolton and Prentice Nixon are both excellent on-the-ball defenders. And so uh, that really allows uh, Tyrese to kind of do his thing out in space, if you will, and uh, I, I really like the way this team is shaping up defensively. I don't think they're going to be quite as strong offensively as the team was a year ago. doesn't mean I don't think they can be a good offensive team, but when you lose uh, three guys with that kind of uh, sniper right. mentality in Taylor Horton Tucker and Mariel Shayok uh, uh, and Lindell Wigginson yeah, and Lindell, you know, you've yeah. lost some. You've lost some really good offensive players, and so um, it might take a little longer for the offense to come. But if Iowa State's better defensively, uh, then I think it keeps them in games and gives them a chance to win. And I'm excited about this season, and really excited about Regier and 
I know Steve Prohm calls him Rasier. Uh, <laughs> it, it is Rasier. Okay. Rasier. So uh, Rasier Bolton is a, a nice addition for this team. Rasier, Rasier, Rasier. You got it, Ken? Bolton. We <laughs> thought of a lot of Bolton this year. Hey, John, I, I got to ask you about the big guys. I don't know what it is, my affinity for the big man, because I've, I've never been close to it. But I'll tell you what, when, when you start and you look at Michael Jacobson, just solid as a rock, good defender, can do a lot of different things. But George Conant, we saw those glimpses last year, elite upside, great athleticism, what he's going to be this season. Then coupled with Solomon Young coming off that injury, didn't yeah. get to see him hardly at all last year. Where's he back in his recovery back to the full hardwood? You know, talking to him yesterday, he's really excited. He, he feels good. Um, you know, well, I shouldn't say that because Solomon never gets too excited. <laughs> you, you can't get that kid too, too excited. But uh, but he is very happy that he's finally healthy and, and feeling good. And, um, you know, I think with he and George Condit, you have two guys that are kind of more of the true center type players that can really rotate that position. And if you can get 20 solid minutes out of each of them, fantastic. And one's going to bring, you know, some real toughness in Solomon Young, and the other one's going to bring a shot blocker and, and a really raw, good young player who's getting better every day in George Condit. And then Michael Jacobson's freed up to play the four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if Michael can play with, you know, facing the basket and improve his shooting percentage a little bit. Um, and hopefully by facing the basket, be a really good offensive rebounder. I think this could be a better rebounding team. And so there's some, there's some real optimism that this might work. But the other thing that the Bolton addition does is gives prone the flexibility that if he has to play small at times, he can, and you know, he will, Mm -hmm. because he always does. He's going to play small at times. And, so you know, whether it's Zion Griffin or Caleb Grill or Trey Jackson, one of the other freshmen, you know, that, that plays another guard spot, uh, they can go small now, too. They have that flexibility. But I think this will be the most uh, flexible Iowa State team we've seen in quite some time in terms of the way that they can play. I don't want it to get here too soon because that would mean football is <laughs> coming to an end, but I'm looking forward to it. I think Bolton is going to make them a different basketball team. Well, let's talk football, John. And You know, my biggest takeaway so far from the Big 12 overall uh, is just the parity in this conference in the middle. I mean, Oklahoma looks like they're on a level by themselves. Oklahoma State is way better. K-State was off to that great start uh, in their own right. This is a really difficult conference, John, and the parity this year is is uh, you know teams are going to get picked off when you expect them to win and and uh, I think that's good for college football. Going to be fun to watch. Well, it's a very entertaining conference to watch. There's no doubt, and I expected a you know really tight game with Baylor that would probably come down to the final minutes, and that's exactly what we got. Unfortunately, uh, you know Charlie Brewer, a veteran quarterback, made some really good throws in that last drive, and and Baylor figured out a way to to, to wrestle back the momentum of the game and win it at the end, but. There's going to be a lot of games just like that. And TCU this weekend is probably another example. Mm-hmm. And you're right about Oklahoma State. I really like the you – when know, you talk about great Gundy teams, they've always had that great quarterback, running back, receiver combination. And with Sanders and Chuba Hubbard and Wallace, they have that one, two, three punch that Gundy's teams uh, have excelled with. So, you know, they're, they're for real. I, I think they're really good. And, you know, Kansas State I thought would be better than, than people thought they would be at the beginning of the year. You know, I didn't expect them to win at Oklahoma State, but I do think that they're much better than people anticipated early. And so it's going to be a fun race. I mean, and there's going to be a bunch of close games. We talked about it before in your show. 
you know, how can the Cyclones do in games decided by a touchdown or less? They're probably going to be in seven or eight of them. Yes. You know, and by now they're one and two. They're one and two in those situations. And, and they got to find a way to finish drives, stop turning the ball over, uh, force some more turnovers themselves, and, um, and win those close games because they're not that far away from being a really good football team. John, yesterday, Ken and I spent a significant, a significant amount of time talking about the tent issue and what happened there. Did you get any more perspective? Was it you know, fans saying that they couldn't see? Was it just strictly a Baylor, I don't know, saying, hey, that's illegal, they didn't get approval? Your thoughts on everything. And, and, and how would they know that they didn't get approval? 145 degrees on the field that day. Just incredible. No shade allowed for the Iowa State players. Yeah, I, I don't think Matt Campbell wants his guys use it as a crutch, but yeah, absolutely. And you know, the thing that struck me guys when I was, we were flying back is you don't even think about it when you hear the game time announced two thirty kick ABC, mm-hmm. like, okay, well, or ESPN. Okay. That's when the game kicks. That's the only kick time that would have had any significant impact on that game as far as the weather, uh, because the shade, uh, hits one sideline and not the other right. for that entire second half. And, you know, if it was an 11 o'clock kick, it would have been uh, the sun beating down on both teams the whole time. And if it was a, a night game, it wouldn't have mattered. But with that 2.30 kick, it really does affect things. But, uh, yeah, I think my understanding of it is, and Randy Peterson has gotten an explanation from the league, that uh, a team has to request mm. from the other team that they are able to put up something out of the ordinary uh, for, for weather conditions. And so whether that's heaters, whatever, Teams have to request that of the other team. They don't. They don't do the request through the league. They request it by I think it's the Wednesday of that week of the other team, and uh, you know apparently that Jeez. fell through the cracks. And Iowa State wasn't able to do that, and um, and then Baylor said that the tent that Iowa State had uh, were blocking the view of the uh, the fans in the front row or whatever. And so uh, it was something to learn a lesson from, I'm sure, going forward because part of life in the Big Twelve is. Uh, you're going to play on some really, really hot days in Oklahoma and Texas in September and October. You're going to play on some really hot days. And so uh, going forward, something to think about. But I'll say this, guys. One thing I liked about the Iowa State players, I just never saw their body language change in a negative way, even when it was 20 to nothing, even when those guys were just probably dead as far as the way they felt with their bodies. Uh, it just it, it continued to be the same body language. And then they started playing like it. You know, they they came back and, and took that lead. So I think that's one of the really good characteristics of this team. They just keep plugging, and we saw that on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, John, I, I take it it was, a, it was, to me, it's a safety issue. It's not about Iowa State, Baylor. It could happen in any uh, college football game in the month of September in particular. I mean, they, these are student athletes, and, they're, and they weren't provided shade, for crying out loud, in 145 no, I degree. I, I, I agree. I think that's something that should be looked at. Yes. Uh, you know, and and absolutely, you know, player safety absolutely has to be number right. one. And so uh couldn't agree with you more, Ken. I think that's something that really needs to be looked at. And indeed. So the running back position, John, they've got four of them. Um, do you think it's going to come down to a point where Matt Campbell and, and, and Tom Manning and the, you know, the coaching coaches, offensive coaches are going to sit down and they're going to decide whether Brock or Hall, you know, get to that four games and, and if everything goes according to plan, then that's it. Don't we have to make a decision with one of those two or or maybe is it a fact they're both so good that, you know, you're going to both blow through both red shirts. But a decision has to be made. You're coming up pretty quick, don't you think? Yeah, I think I think they're planning on full steam ahead with both of them. But you, you just you will see if, if 
you know, the circumstances dictate that you go another direction with it. But, you know, in this particular game against Baylor, really two running backs uh, carried the ball. I mean, Sheldon Crony and Johnny Lang did the bulk of the, the ball carrying. Kanae Wongo has just been too dinged up yeah. to consistently get out there. When he has been out there, he's been really good. He's He's their leading rusher, believe it or not, and he, with the fewest carries of any of the running backs, he's their leading rusher. So you'd love to have him healthy, but, uh, you know, he hasn't been. And I think Lang and Crony, particularly on the road, are guys with experience that can protect the quarterback maybe a little bit better than the young guys. But those two young guys, they're really excited about. And, you know, you got to think back and look back at, you know, what happened with David Montgomery. It wasn't right away that David Montgomery mm-hmm. became the guy at Iowa State. It was it was four or five games into that season that he kind of took a stranglehold of that position. And so, you know, we'll see if something similar happens with one of those two young guys. But, um, it, you know, Matt Campbell has always kind of erred on the side of not playing them too early, that's putting them in a position where they don't have success. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing here as well. John, thank you. We're out of time. Appreciate it. 11 o'clock on Saturday morning, TCU. Thank you, John Walters. Appreciate it. Yep, my pleasure, guys. Good to talk to you. 11 o'clock hour coming up next. Miller and Con in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.